I think there's a wide range of opinions on TEEs. Mm -hmm. Some people really believe in them. I've also heard from uh, somebody much smarter than me that SGX is getting exploited every six months. Where do you fall in there? And then how, how do we circumvent mm -hmm. the, the risks? A lot of controversy has, has been around like um, trusted execution environments. Yeah, I think from our perspective, um, on one hand, um, why we are leveraging these mobile devices is, like I've said, right? These are in your pocket. You're carrying them around. There are billions of these devices essentially out there, right? Right. And you have companies like Google and Apple, essentially, they have all the incentive to keep these trusted execution environments unbroken because... Mm. The launch team wishes you good luck and Godspeed. <laughs> Space Monkeys, blasting off with Pascal Brun. He's the co-founder of Accurast, an Oracle project in the Polkadot ecosystem. Pascal, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So um, we did a little video on you guys a couple weeks ago. Yep. I thought it was really interesting. You guys are using TEE technology. Yes. You have an interesting economy with a few actors in it. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, get into that later in the show. But just to start us off, what's kind of the overview of what you're trying to achieve with Accurast? Yeah, that's a... That's a good question. So, but let's okay. dive, let's dive uh, okay. into it. Is it a tough question? <laughs> <laughs> it depends a bit from which perspective you're looking at it. But um, okay. I mean, in general, what we we are kind of saying that uh, the accurate essentially is is a confidential computing platform. So oh. what this means is that we can enable off-chain data and computation mm. to be brought on-chain in the end. So kind of bridging the Web two world with with the Web three world, right? So having kind of use cases like price feeds for DeFi, mm -hmm. uh, verifiable randomness for, for NFTs or kind of the lower hanging use cases that we, we see now, because that's uh, also where a lot of demand is. But um, with the architecture and the setup that Acrest has, it essentially doesn't matter um, that we only support price feeds or, or verifiable randomness because it's completely kind of generic, right? So yeah we empower the developer to define the requirements for their use case yep. in code. And then that is then being run in what you've mentioned, the TE, the trusted execution environments of the, the data transmitters. Okay, so do you think uh, Oracle, it kind of undersells what you guys are trying to do here? Yes, I mean, that's, that's always a good question that, that we are getting, right? So huh. is it an, an Oracle or not? And it's also a bit of a mixed bag, kind of the terminology Oracle, right? If you talk to someone in the Web3 space, for yeah, example, yeah, okay. they have an understanding, right? It's something that comes from off-chain and, and goes on-chain. But usually it's like very focused on like price feeds. Yeah, okay. That's kind of the understanding. Okay, if I hear Oracle, oh yeah, you're doing price feeds, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we kind of avoid it. And on the other side, we also have conversations with like enterprises. And if you mention Oracle that to them, they think like, what has a database company essentially based in the US uh, do to do anything with, with your project, right? right? Because Oracle, that's a big name to them that has a lot of baggage already attached to it. Right. Okay. So you guys don't use that term necessarily with the clients that you're trying yes. to bring up? Yes. I mean, especially when we talk to like enterprises. Okay. Definitely they're they not, right? Because then they 
really have that that kind of assumption and it clicks for them. Yeah. Like it clicks for a few people on in the Web3 space when mm -hmm. they only focus then on, on price suites, right? And, yep. and that's not the thing that, that Acris can only do. Obviously, right. it, it enables that use case, but it's way broader. So mm -hmm. that's why I always say a bit, it's it's a bit a loaded term, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that comes. Well, it was a bit of a buzzword in, in crypto, you yeah. know, two years ago yeah. in 2021, right? Yeah. When uh, Chainlink came out. What did oracles look like then? Okay, mm -hmm. and maybe you can contrast that with kind of what you guys are, yeah. are trying to do. I think there are a few, in general, kind of few iterations of, of Oracle. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the kind of simplest term, it's something that you bring that exists, for example, in the Web2 world, yeah. right? A, a price feed from an exchange like Coinbase or, or Kraken. And you need that in, in the Web3 space in your smart contract, right? So you need a way to kind of bridge these two worlds mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the simplest way is you just write a, a script that calls the API and then creates a transaction and pushes it to the smart contract. But I mean, if you think about it, um, if you're building a DeFi platform that has millions or billions of, of value locked, do you want me to push the script that kind of is one of the primitives of the whole platform and can have a huge impact if um, the price feed is out of sync or things like that? Yeah. Probably not, right? right. <laughs> so then you kind of move into the direction of how can you address this issue, right? On one hand, how many parties should be involved in kind of providing these price feeds and how should they essentially get it mm -hmm. from kind of which sources um, are they limited by the, the Oracle provider essentially, or yeah. are they now able to say, okay, um, I am completely in control or want to be completely in control like you can with Acrist and define the sources essentially or define the computation that is, is is being done and then this is being handed over to the the data transmitters mm -hmm. and then they are executing this in their trusted execution environments kind of putting then the data on on chain okay cool uh, let's get there in a second yeah because uh, before we get any further i want to ask you what other use cases are you seeing besides DeFi? Mm -hmm. i've been asking a lot of people this question lately and it's not the easiest question to answer, yes. actually, right? Yeah. So what, what are you seeing as yeah. possible, actually valuable use cases for a blockchain in general? So it's, it's very interesting um, also to think about it, but also to kind of explore a bit the the notion of it, right? So we have been talking to enterprises, like, like I've mentioned, yeah. and what we see or also have heard from them is maybe on one hand, they have a lot of data. Uh, in, in some form, right? If it's uh, a KYC company, they obviously have uh, customer data. If it's um, a telecommunication company, they might have additional um, data, uh, specifically like highly localized weather data, things like that, right? So you kind of give them away um, through, through what we are doing with, with Acrist to create a data economy where they essentially gain the ability to monetize on data that they previously were not able to. Hmm. So, hey, I have this data and maybe it's useful to somebody. Yes. I can put it on the marketplace and if people request it, I can be rewarded. Yes, that's yep. correct. And the the nice part of it is you don't reveal the data that you're having. Ah. 
So you don't go on the marketplace and have a complete data dump of, yeah. of your data. Interesting. But you only fulfill the requests that are coming in. Okay. Right. So you're saying uh, in, in the example of um, the KYC, how many users are there uh, in Switzerland, because we're from Switzerland as the example, right? Um, aged over 18 that have interacted with platform X. And you get a number back that then says, okay, this is like 1,300 users have, have done that. Okay. Can you talk about any of the enterprises you've been speaking with? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have been exploring as well um, kind of the various parts. So from like insurance companies uh, to telecommunication companies. And it's quite interesting why telecommunication companies, because um, they are trying to find new ways to kind of generate businesses hmm. because um, they're essentially an, an infrastructure provider for a service that is a given, right? So it's becoming a commodity that everyone has access to cellular data, to kind of the, the cellular network. Hmm. So they need to find different avenues. And then they are exploring these use cases because they see kind of down the road in five to 10 years, uh, we really need a way to find a new kind of business case, right? How do you approach them in a way that makes them interested? <laughs> you know, there's this big, there's this big gulf between yes. what's happening in Web3 yes. and people's knowledge of it. Right? Yes. How do you get that message across? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. And I think what it takes is, is time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the, the team that is behind Acris has experience in like enterprise sales for other projects. Um, that kind of gives us the, the advantage to maybe have the connections to, to certain enterprises already. Okay. So there's kind of an established communication channel already, and then we can take it from there essentially to kind of start exploring as well, where they see some pain points with, uh, with, with current yeah, the current infrastructure they might have, or if they're interested to take a look at the, the Web3 space because they see potential in that, right? Mm -hmm. But it's definitely, like I've mentioned, it's not the low-hanging fruit kind of thing, right? right? right. It's something that takes months and months in, in kind of preparation yeah. until you come to, to a certain conclusion. Okay, a lot of persistence. Yes. Yeah, checking back in. Yes. Right. And I mean, it's also what uh, kind of the, the Astar team is doing, right? In, in that regard, it's yeah. very interesting that they have these, these partnerships with Sony uh, Entertainment, for example, mm -hmm. uh, kind of taking them and showing them, look, this is like uh, how the Web3 world could, could look like, right? Yeah. And what kind of exploring with them also the potentials, how on one hand they can essentially apply uh, what they are already having, or even kind of simplify certain certain use cases. Mm -hmm. And for us as Acris, it's also very interesting kind of to be the bridge between the, their like current uh, infrastructure that is based in the Web two, but then they need to somehow find a way to to bring this essentially into the Web three if they want to build in that environment. Yeah. Or then have a way to monetize certain things in that world, right, through the marketplace. Very interesting. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about TEEs because yep. we have a few projects uh, that the audience of this channel may be familiar with, yes. Fala, Integrity. Yes. You're not leveraging these projects. You are doing your own yes. trusted execution environment organization. <laughs> uh, what's that look like on um, on a protocol level? Essentially, what we are doing with Acrist is currently in like the initial version, we're focusing on trusted execution environments 
that are found in mobile devices. Okay. So this is more specifically at the first stage, it's um, Android phones like Google Pixel mm -hmm. because they have dedicated hardware chips on, on these devices yeah. that are being used for like a lot of use cases, right? So you have like um, mobile banking, for example, that essentially use the secure enclave of, of these devices or right. you have a lot of crypto wallets that leverage the, the trusted execution environment to um, store and, and sign information essentially within this, this environment. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's interesting on one hand, because we have a background in, in mobile security, we have worked together with um, financial companies um, before, um, essentially implementing security frameworks in, in that regard, okay. both on iOS and, and Android. Hmm. So we kind of bring that, that knowledge um, with us. And if you think about it, what is very interesting also for us is in terms of kind of a security aspect, because um, a mobile device, I mean, like the name implies, is, is mobile, right? You're taking yeah. it with you, like wherever you're going. And leaving right? it places. Yes. <laughs> right. So you, you leave it places, it gets stolen, mm -hmm. and you still kind of no one gets malicious access to to kind of your mobile banking application mm -hmm. that lives on this device. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And it's also interesting because I think that file and integrity are both leveraging Intel chips, right? Yes. But you guys are doing, I guess, different chips. Yes or no. Okay. So what they're leveraging um, is Intel SGX mm -hmm. um, and Acrest will be able to leverage them as well. So okay. the, the Intel SGX um, uh, trusted security environments or hardware chips for us, what we are doing is also on, on that regard, uh, kind of a generic implementation. Oh. So we will have support um, for um, the iOS uh, kind of secure enclave, um, but there will also be Intel SGX. Uh, there might be custom implementation with Taurus, for example, a Swiss custody provider that have their own um, uh, trusted execution environment implementation. The only thing that um, mm will be a deciding factor is if you go onto the Acres marketplace, if I'm a developer, I can then say, hey, I want only um, Android-based uh, trusted execution environments. Wow. And also if the answer ends up on chain, it's visible there as well. Hey, this has been created by an, an Android um, trusted execution environment. Okay. So you have the, the flexibility in that, uh, in that system as well, not directly committing on one specific implementation. Okay. Uh, what's the economy look like to convince people to give up a piece of their TEs uh, to your purposes? What's that look like? So we have the um, the, the Acres marketplace mm -hmm. and um, essentially the developers um, go onto this marketplace and say, hey, I have a, a piece of computation that I need to ex to be executed, right? The, the price feed example that we have had. And I'm willing to pay a certain amount for that because I want it to be executed um, for a month. I want every 15 minutes, I want uh, an answer. Um, and I also have some parameters that I specify as a developer, say I need a certain uptime and, and things like that. And I'm willing to pay a reward of, uh, I don't know, 1000 USDCs, for example, hmm. right? And this is then kind of on the other side, going to the data transmitters that are automatically matched with these parameters that have been defined by the developer. Okay. Because they are saying on the other side, hey, I have computation space available. Okay. And I'm accepting USDC and I'm willing to do the execution. Right? Okay. So you have then an automatic match between them. 
and then the job starts to be executed on the data transmitter side of things. Mm -hmm. And they are rewarded by essentially the data consumer. Right. Okay. So the transmitters are the are the sellers. Yes. And the and the, com the, the providers, yeah, yeah, of the computational space that, that they essentially have. And then just to repeat ourselves again, mm -hmm. this is all happening on, on mobile devices right now. Yes. That's so interesting. Is that just because this is a, an area of your previous expertise? Yes, I yeah. think uh, that was one of the main reasons. Sure. So, I mean, the, the trusted execution environment and all the side of the data transmitter, that's what's happening on, on the, the mobile device, right? Wow. The, the off-chain computation part, that's what, what's happening there. And does the mobile device have to be plugged into a computer or is there some sort of application on the phone? Yes, there is an application on the phone wow. that essentially is like the data transmitter application that is capable to talk to the, the Acris protocol, the Acris marketplace, mm -hmm. and kind of the destination chains as well on the other side. I think there's a wide range of opinions on TEEs. Mm -hmm. um, some people really believe in them. Um, I've also heard from uh, somebody much smarter than me that, you know, SGX is getting exploited every six months. Um, where do you fall in there? And then how, how do we circumvent mm -hmm. the, the risks of, uh, of exploitation of these, of these chips? Yeah, I think it has a lot of controversy has, has been around like um, trusted execution environments. Yeah. Also, like, like you mentioned, um, uh, Intel SGX with some uh, side channel attacks, things like that. I think from our perspective, um, on one hand, um, why we are leveraging these mobile devices is, like I've said, right, these are in your pocket, you're carrying them around. There are billions of these devices essentially out there, right? Right. And you have companies like Google and Apple, essentially, they have all the incentive to keep these trusted execution environments unbroken. Because mm. if they are broken and someone can maliciously access them, then we probably have other problems than on the accuracy sites when you can exploit an e-banking application, for example, right? Okay. So that, that's a bit the perspective that we it's have. It's interesting, okay. But also the approach that we are not focusing on one single um, trusted execution environment, mm -hmm. kind of opening up the, the space as well, I think is is one of the, the advantages or kind of conscious design decisions that, that we have taken. Okay, very cool. So where are you guys at today? Um, what's your relationship with Polkadot? Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, when are people going to start actually using the chain? Yeah, so what we are building is the the Acros protocol, or and then this houses essentially the the Acros marketplace mm -hmm. um, as a substrate based chain, mm -hmm. and we have essentially an MVP um, of this already implemented, where you can create jobs, um, where they're being matched with with data transmitters, where you can onboard as a data transmitter. So this currently runs in in a testnet of ours already. And we're focusing kind of in the next few um, slot auctions on Kusama oh. to start onboarding um, as a Kusama parachain. Interesting, cool. For our incentivized testnet. Yeah. And then later down the road, um, we are also focusing then on Polkadot as well for the final productive uh, deployment of, of our Are you guys going to do the, the move, the migration? Most likely. Uh -huh. yeah, that's With the so, same token Yeah, so far that's that's uh, the, the intention. That's cool. I'm really liking... Uh, projects doing that it seems like yeah. a really smart way to go i mean it's for, for us it's still something that we we are considering but i think one advantage is also kind of maintaining two different tokens and yeah. also still kind of having the value essentially behind them um, is, is is very very important for for us as well so that's 
kind of the the conscious uh, decisions that we're trying to do as as well in in that regard. Yeah, but in this way, you still get to have the experience of yes. learning on Kusama, yes. right, and iterating yes. more quickly. And yes, yeah. And I think that's essentially the stage that we we are in now, right? Okay. We have um, we just released um, like a few days ago the Acros console, which is uh, the web interface for data transmitters. So what they essentially can do, they can onboard themselves within like five minutes um, as a data transmitter on Acris through through this um, user interface. And this is currently on the, the Acris testnet. Okay. I could do this today? Yes, I could do you could do that, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Where do I download the app for my phone? <laughs> so there's one uh, thing that, that I need to mention. Yes. Uh, it's a dedicated mobile device. So it's not oh. something that you're um, kind of have in your pocket and then on the side, essentially, use as well as as a data transmitter. Yeah, but it's uh, you buy dedicated um, mobile hardware, essentially. Oh, how do you do that? Uh, how do you ensure that that's the case? So what we have is, do you mean that it's not on the same device? Yeah, how do you ensure that I'm not carrying around? Yes, my, so it, my transmitter. It's, it's in a matter of the setup process. Okay, because um, it's essentially the only purpose is then this phone as being a data transmitter. So if I buy an Android device, yes. I need to plug it into my computer and my computer will do something to that device to make it a, a transmitter only? You don't need to plug it in. You okay. just scan a QR code. Oh, and then what happens? Then, okay, then some stuff is, happens. Everything is being set up. Okay. Automatically. And then you're onboarded as a data transmitter. And other features of the phone are taken off? Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's really neat. And it's within five minutes, uh, even less. Okay. So I should, if I was interested, I could buy a stack of yes. cheap Android phones. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have some, it needs to be of a certain model. or something. Yeah, there are some recommended devices yeah. uh, that we have, um, okay. usually of the, the Pixel range. Okay. But uh, I think one of the cheapest is like 200 USD that Great. you can get. And then they're just connected to the internet and... Yes, transmit. the only thing, I mean, the, the requirement that you have then on the device is, like you said, it needs to be connected to the network to a mm -hmm. Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. and it needs to be obviously powered up. So the battery needs to be uh, as well charged up. Sure. And as a transmitter, what am, what's at stake for me? Am I am I staking tokens, or how, how do you ensure that I behave well? That's that's a good question, and it's a bit twofolded. So on one hand, okay. um, because we use trusted execution environments, and we can do what it's called an attestation, so a proof of the job execution, hmm. without any kind of maliciously intent. So this is kind of backed by cryptography because you, the data transmitter always signs a proof of execution. Mm -hmm. We can essentially ensure that no one has tampered with the script that I have given you as a, if I'm the developer in this case, and you're the data transmitter, then we can essentially uh, attest that the script that I have written, you have followed it from top to bottom and there's nothing in between, right? That yeah. you, you tried to, to push in there. So that's one kind of security that, that we get through these trusted ex execution environments. Mm -hmm. But this still means your device can go offline, mm. right? Yeah. And we cannot do anything with the trusted execution environments about that. Mm -hmm. So that's why the, the marketplace comes with a reputation system. Ah, okay. So that means if you're offline for a certain amount of time, you will lose reputation. Mm. If you fulfill the jobs, essentially, you will gain reputation. Okay. And this so it's is the a... reputation that's left. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. Okay. Yes. 
And it's also a parameter that I then can set as a developer, right? I can say, uh, okay, I will yeah. only the, the highest trusted, um, uh, kind of the highest reputation score on, on the platform. I want only them to fulfill their job, right? Okay, and I imagine there's some redundancy as well, right? I'm not relying on a single yes. device. I mean, you, you can, you can. Oh. If I'm oh. I'm as a developer say okay yeah uh, this is might be for a test or this might be a okay. use case that that is uh, not that important to me mm -hmm. then I don't mind if a device goes offline but I mean essentially it's it's in your hands as a developer right mm -hmm. and it's also a term uh, kind of uh, consideration um, how much you're willing to pay right I was just gonna say I imagine it, yeah more devices yes. more cost yes interesting yeah. Okay, I really like it. I th that's all the questions I have for now. <laughs> um, you guys are uh, trying to get a slot on Kusama. Yeah. Are you bidding right now? Yes. So I mean, we... problem or that's a good question. <laughs> okay. Okay. I did have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we have prepared everything. We have kind of placed the uh, signaling bids. Let's say with like one KSM uh -huh. um, for the past few auctions. Um, hmm. But we're still kind of deciding um, if it's going to be self-funded. Mm -hmm. or if it's going to be um, a crowd loan. Okay. Oh, big decision to make. Yeah. Are you guys an anonymous pair thread right now? No. Okay, you're up there. Yes. On the so, board. I mean, on, on parachains.info, for example, it's it's uh, yeah labeled as, as accurate. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I well. mean, initially, we, we thought um, there was kind of the time um, where there were no Kusama auctions. And yes, we, right. We, we thought, hey, look, now we... Um, kind of apply for a slot and get it kind of on for, the cheap. yeah, on, on the cheap, yeah. And it turned out that it was due to kind of <laughs> an issue. <laughs> and then yeah. all the renewals came up, right? right or are right. still, still going on. Yeah. So that's why we, yeah, we were probably looking more towards um, also doing a, a crowd loan, essentially also kind oh. of giving the, the community a way to, to contribute. But Very it's nice. not not finally decided yet. Okay, but you guys aren't pushing. You're you're sitting back waiting for the right time and yeah, yeah, looking we, for a cheaper slot. I imagine. Yes, yeah. uh, that, that's one thing. Also, I mean, obviously the the renewals of like other chains they need to happen. So it, it doesn't make sense that uh, we kind of drive up the the price uh, for these these projects. Mm -hmm. That's also one of the decisions, right? I mean, of course. It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, right. For maybe from a protocol perspective, it might makes sense that a lot of uh, KSM is locked up, but uh, for like an economic perspective of the teams, uh, probably not, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, well, we'll uh, follow you on the channel. We'll update our audience yes. uh, with your uh, win when it happens. Yes. And um, cool, I'll think about buying a Pixel and, and getting <laughs> on board here. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, we, uh, we have regular webinars that we are kind of doing to, to onboard people, kind of get them the background on why they're doing Kind of or setting up a data transmitter mm. and then there's uh, it's on console.acris.com is essentially the testnet version of it so you can go on there with your pixel phone that you bought and okay. you can get started awesome all right well thanks for coming on the show and sharing everything yeah thanks for having me okay maybe we can get caught up in uh, a little while after everything's up and running definitely, definitely. awesome thanks Happy for